Uh, good evening, everyone. Uh, thank you, Moritz. Um, it's great for me to be with you again tonight, and uh, I want to add to what Elgert said. Thank you to the team that led us this evening and worship through music, but also Nettie and Anna. I thought you guys were fantastic. There was a part of me that thought, I could listen to you the whole evening. If it wasn't for the band, I would have just said, go, go, speak about widows and faith. Uh, we are busy with a, a sermon series that's called Value. And um, if you've been here the last couple of weeks, you would know the reason why we speak on this series, Value, is that whatever you hold as valuable, whatever is important, whatever is your, your values will determine the way that you live. That what you value is incredibly important as it will influence what decisions you make and what sacrifices you're willing to make. And all of us value something. You might not have it written down against the wall. Uh, you don't have your five values uh, numbered in priority, but all of us have values. And as a church, there's certain things that we hold on to that's really important for us. There's certain things that we believe God has not placed, just placed on us as a congregation, but as a movement. And we call these things our core values, the things that keeps us and aligns us and directs us towards what God has called us as a movement. And throughout this series, that's the things that we're speaking on. The things that we believe God has given value to. And how do we value it? Not just in naming it, but living it. In the last couple of weeks, we've started to speak in these five values. We've already spoken about lordship. Where Elgard spoke about what does it mean when we say Lordship is a value. Spoken about evangelism. Neti challenged us. Are we willing to go? Are we just going to watch people or are we going to be watchmen? Will we fulfill that command in our lives? And our congregation, Gideon, was here and he spoke on, on discipleship. The value of discipleship. And tonight we're going to continue and we're going to speak on leadership. So those of you who are new to our church, we have five core values. Lordship, evangelism, discipleship, leadership and family. And tonight we're going to specifically speak about leadership. Now, what comes to mind when you hear the word leadership? Because leadership is a loaded word. You might have a good connotation towards leadership, you might have a bad one. You might have a good idea of leadership, you might have no leadership. You might aspire to leadership, you might avoid it at all costs. But leadership is a, is a it's a loaded word. I think it's one of the topics that's the most has been written about. If I were to guess, probably leadership and parenting is probably two topics that's almost like everybody has written a book about it. And you would hear seven tips to be an effective leader, five leadership mistakes to avoid, seven habits of uh, five of them leaders, whatever. There's just so many opinions about leadership, what leadership should be, how it should be. Maybe you've had good encounters of leaders. Maybe you've been shaped by bad encounters of leaders. All of us have a certain understanding of leadership. And it's important that we define as a church, what do we believe when we say we value leadership? Does it mean we value that we give people titles, that we worship leaders, or does it mean something completely different? That's what we're going to speak tonight, about tonight. 
What do we mean when we say we value leadership? I want to make a joke about pastoral handshakes towards leaders, but I'm not going to do that. I can be very pedantic about some of my electronic stuff. My wife, my wife will tell you as well. There's certain things that I, I, I'm just really, really, um, there's a way that I want it to be done. There's a way that I want to, to be treated. And my laptop, my cell phone, those kind of things, I'm, I'm really pedantic. So one of the things that I do with these uh, devices, um, I, all of them have got screen covers. And I replace the screen covers quite regularly. Not because it's wrong to have a cracked screen. Those of you who have a cracked screen, I'm not judging you at all. Um, it's just one of the things that's important for me. I really want to protect the screen of my devices. Um, uh, so a couple of weeks ago, uh, I replaced the screen cover of my watch. And I went to the store to put it on because I want it to be done well. Okay, I'm not going to put on a cover and it's going to be wasteful. I want to do it right. Uh, so it's important. I went to the store. They put it on for me. And uh, later that evening, I get home, and I look at my watch, and yeah, right at the top, there's this air bubble. A small one, but it's there. There's a part of me that's a little bit frustrated, and yeah, well, frustrated is probably the best phrase. I look at it, and I was there that they do it well. And I think to myself, I'm not going to make a big thing about this. I'll just rub it out. No? Have you ever had an air bubble on one of your screens? You just rub it out. There's different techniques that you can use. And I thought, I'll just rub it out. And I'm sitting there that evening. My wife's asking, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm rubbing it out. Next morning, not only is it still there, it is bigger. So I'm rubbing again. I'm using all the force that I can. And now this thing is telling me to stop doing this. And I'm using all the force that I can to, to just get that air bubble away. Long story short, this thing just continues to grow and to grow and to grow. And it's this unstoppable force underneath this screen cover that eventually spreads to the whole screen so much so that the screen starts lifting off the screen cover. And I had to replace it. I had to get a new one. If I had to think about leadership, that air bubble is a reminder of what leadership should be. Not an absolute frustration, but an unstoppable influence. Leadership. There's so many definitions about what leaders should be and how you should lead. But if you boil it down, leadership is about influence. Whether you can influence people, circumstances, and outcomes. So the question, are you an influencer? And I know what you're thinking. I thought it as well. So I, I, I went on social media Googled top 10 influencers in the world. And this guy, can we show that photo? This guy came up. Now, I'll, I'll be honest. I know about him. 
but I don't know what's his name. So this was my plan. I'm going to try and tell you that I'm hip and trendy and I know about influences. And I'm going to come to the pre-service and I'm going to ask other people, how do you pronounce his name? And I won't mention the people that I asked. <laughs> but I couldn't find someone that can really tell me how to pronounce his name. I don't know if there's someone here. If I were to ask, who knows about this guy? Probably a lot of you would raise your hands. What's interesting, he's got like 180 million followers. But some of us here don't know what's his name. An influencer with followers. I want to suggest tonight that that's not the way that we're called to lead and influence. We're called to be followers that influence. And there's two ways to approach leadership. Either we try and be influenced, we build a name for ourselves, and we have people that follow us, that almost like worship us, and leadership is all about what we're getting from it, or we follow someone that's already influenced, and we influence as a follower. I want to suggest tonight that as followers of Jesus, all of us are called to be influencers. Meaning all of us are called in the kingdom of God to be a leader. And you might be sitting here tonight and you're thinking, there's no way I'm a leader. I'm an absolute introvert. I'm not gifted. I'm not great at public speaking. I don't know of anybody that will follow me. I don't know where I can lead people to. I believe that if you're a follower of Jesus, you're called to influence. And you're called to lead. And tonight we're going to look at how does it look. And we're going to do this by looking at Mark 10. So if you have your Bibles with you, please turn to Mark. Mark 10 verse 35. Before we read together, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you um, that we can always come to your word with an expectation. Because by faith, we believe it's alive and powerful, Lord. By faith, we believe it's not just words written down. It's your will conveyed throughout time. And Lord, as we humbly come to your word tonight, Lord, I pray that you would come and minister to our hearts by your spirit, Lord. May you make your word come alive in our hearts. May you align our minds to that what you want to say to us tonight, Lord. And may you guide us into your truth. And Lord, through your truth, will you come and shape and change our lives so that we'll live lives that don't just know your truth, but live your truth. So Lord, as we study your word, may you be glorified, may you be worshiped through it, but Lord, may you help us to stay true to that what you've called us to and what you want to do tonight. May your will be done. And we pray this in your wonderful name, Lord Jesus. And all of us say, amen. Let's read together verse 35. And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came up to him and said to him, that's to Jesus, teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And he said to them, what do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, grant us to sit, one on your right hand and one on your left, in your glory. 
Jesus said to them, you do not know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or to be baptized with the baptism with which I'm baptized? I love this confidence. And they said to Jesus, we are able. This is the disciples saying to Jesus, play me coach, I'm open. I'm ready. Use me. And Jesus said to them, the cup that I drink, you will drink. And the baptism with which I'm baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or at my left is not mine to grant, but it's for those for whom it has been prepared. And when the other 10 disciples heard this, they began to be indignant towards James and John. And Jesus called them to him and said to them, You know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them, but it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as ransom for many. Jesus and his disciples are on their way to Jerusalem. That's what's happening here. They are on their way to Jerusalem, and Jesus has already warned his disciples three times that in Jerusalem, he will be captured and he will die. This is near the end of Jesus' public ministry or earthly ministry. And Jesus warns the disciples, there's going to be a time that I'm not going to be with you. And that time is close. Now the disciples already picked up, picked up, there's going to be something happening in Jerusalem. Rumors are spreading. There's more adversary towards Jesus. They know something is going to happen in Jerusalem. And yet Jesus is so mindful that to go there. And they don't fully understand that Jesus is going to die physically. They're expecting the Messiah. Remember, there was prophecies about the Messiah that would come and liberate Israel and establish a kingdom that he will rule. So they think what's going to happen in Jerusalem is the Messiah is now going to establish his kingdom. They don't know how it's going to happen. Jesus is telling them something's going to happen, but they believe the Messiah, Jesus, is now going to establish his kingdom, rule, and liberate Israel. That's why James and John comes to Jesus. They're not just asking for some form of recognition. They believe there's going to be an earthly kingdom now, and Jesus is going to rule. And they ask him, when you rule, when you've established your kingdom, would you give us positions of power and authority? We want to sit on your right hand and your left hand. Would you make us leaders in your kingdom? We want to help you, Jesus. We want to govern. We want to influence. We want to establish your kingdom. Would you give us positions of power and authority? Notice that Jesus doesn't rebuke them because they have leadership aspirations. It's not wrong, I believe, to have leadership aspirations. For some of you, God has placed a calling on your life to be in certain leadership positions. It's not wrong to have leadership aspirations, but their understanding of what it meant to lead was wrong. Their understanding of Jesus' kingdom was wrong. Jesus tells them, you don't know what you're asking. You don't know 
what you're asking. You don't understand what it means to be a leader in the kingdom of God. And now Jesus is going to teach them. But he's not just going to teach James and John. He calls all the disciples towards him. Why? Because all 12 of them are arguing. The other 12, the other 10 heard that James and John want to be captain and vice captain of this team. And they go, no, we're not going to follow you. I know you, James. You think you can lead. <laughs> I imagine Peter going, who qualified you guys? Who made you king of this ship? They are arguing amongst each other, and then Jesus calls all 12 of them. It's interesting. Every time when Jesus predicts his death, there's an outflow of what it means to be a disciple. This is a moment where Jesus has now predicted his death. They are arguing about what it means to be a leader, and Jesus is now going to tell them, tell them, what does it mean to be a disciple? And Jesus says, you know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them, but it shall not be so among you. See, there's a way of leadership in this world that is not a kingdom way. And Jesus says, leadership in the kingdom of God is not about position and glory. It's not about position. James and John, they want to be number two and number three in the kingdom of God. And God says, no, it's not about position. Worldly leaders rule and lord over people from position. They exercise the power that they have from position to influence people. And that's the only influence they have from their position. They aspire to have these positions. They aspire to make a name for themselves because this position gives them some form of significance, some form of power. And leadership in that sense, when it's about position, it's all about you as the leader and not the people that you call to lead. And Jesus says leadership's not about position. It's not about glory. Some people want to be leaders because of the way that people that admire them. It gives them power. Some people want to be influencers because they want to have a following. If you want to be an influencer, may you influence from following Jesus. I'm not saying it's wrong to be an influencer. But what's the motive? Is it position? Is it followers? Jesus goes on to say, leadership in the kingdom of God is not about authority and power. Gentile rulers um, exercise their authority over the people they are called to. See, this authority and power that's found in leadership should not be used to manipulate and control people. Some worldly leaders use the authority that they have for their personal gain. Unfortunately, in our nation, we've seen time and time again how leaders in position of authority use that authority not for the people that they are called to lead, but for personal gain. Jesus says, in the kingdom of God, it's not about authority and power. 
It's not about the ability to control people and circumstances. It's not about you. It's not about personal gain. This is really important. It's important that we understand that leadership is not about position and glory, and it's not about authority and power, because this, the implication of these two statements is, therefore, if leadership is not determined by your position, regardless of where you find yourself in life, you can have influence. Because you don't need position to have influence. You can be a leader in the kingdom of God regardless of the position that you have. If leadership is not about power and authority, then you can be a leader regardless of how strong and able you feel to lead because your influence is not based on your ability and your power. Everyone sitting in this room can be a leader in the kingdom of God because it's not bound to position. It's not about power and authority. It's about something else. And Jesus goes on and he tells them, whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be a slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served but to serve and to give his life as ransom for many. So leadership in the kingdom of God is about serving and humility. Not position and glory, not power and authority, Serving in humility. I imagine John's and John and James being really disappointed hearing Jesus say this. I imagine them even being a little bit discouraged. Because let's be honest, this doesn't sound very attractive. This is not a great inspirational moment. It doesn't sound very attractive to be a servant. In a world where everybody's trying to make a name for themselves, it is not attractive to hear, be a servant. In fact, it's, it's not very inspiring. Come, sign up, and be a slave. It's not very inspiring. It is definitely not appealing. Come, be a servant and a slave. But Jesus uses two very specific words when he calls his followers to be servants and slaves. He uses two Greek words. One is diakonos and dolos. You can have that on the screen. So diakonos means servant. It means anyone who performs a specific service for the benefit of someone else. It's all about what you do. Now follow me, I know it's a little bit technical. But when Jesus says you are called to be a servant, he's speaking on what you're called to do in the kingdom of God. But then he used a different word that can also be translated servant. Most of our Bibles it's translated as slave, but that's this word doulos, which can be translated as bond servant. The reason why we translate it as slave, bond servant means you belong to someone else. And in those times, whenever someone willingly gave up the ownership of their lives, 
they were called a bond servant. So there were certain slaves, they were bought for whatever reason happened, they were bought into slavery. But if someone willingly said, I give the ownership of my life to someone else, I belong to someone else, they were called a bond servant. And this word doulos is everything about who you belong to. One, the servant is what you're called to do. Doulos is who you belong to. Who bought the, your life? See what Jesus is saying to his followers. If you want to be great in the kingdom of God, if you want to do great things for God, if you want to be a leader in the kingdom of God, if you want to influence the world, you need to become a diakonos, a servant, and a doulos, a slave of the king. Meaning you need to act in this world as if you're a servant of the king of this kingdom. And you need to act as if you are owned by the king of this kingdom. It's an attitude by which you live. That's how you become great. That's how you influence. That's how you lead in the kingdom of God. This means that in every relationship, in every circumstances, you act as a servant of God. Meaning, you go into that relationship, you go into that circumstances asking, God, what do you want me to do? God, what do you want me to do in this relationship? What do you want me to do in this moment? How do you want me to act? How can I please you, my Lord? How can I serve you? That's what it means to be a servant of the king. Every moment, every circumstances, everything that's happening, I'm going, God, how can I serve you? What are you calling me to do? And is my serving a joy unto you? Is it a joy, is it a pleasure to serve the king? To be a bond servant means you live as if your life does not belong to you. The ownership of your life is given up. You were created and redeemed for a greater purpose. You're not seeking your own purpose. You're not seeking your own kingdom. You're not seeking your own um, status. You're living for something greater, for a greater purpose. To be a bond service, to belong to the king, means you live sacrificially. There's certain things that you give up. There's certain freedoms that you let go of because it's not pleasing for the king. You don't just do what you feel is right. You seek his will. You're not living for yourself. Therefore, you walk into certain relationships and certain circumstances and you cannot do just whatever you want to do because your life does not belong to you. To summarize this leadership, this influence in the kingdom of God, it means you need to live in obedience to your master and act out the will of your master to the benefit of others. Jesus didn't call us 
to subject ourselves to other people. We're not called to be servants and slaves of other people. We're called to be servants and bond servants of the king. And he will use us to serve others. He will use us in his kingdom. Because this is what Jesus did. Jesus became a servant of God. Jesus became the bond servant, the slave that obeyed God. Didn't hold on to his life. Gave away the right of his life out of obedience to God. Philippians 2 verse 6 to 8 says, He, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. Being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Jesus calls us to be servants and bond servants because he was the first. He was the first servant of God. He was the first bond servant. He was the one that acted out the will of God. He was the one that was obedient to God first. See, God's response to, pride, to the pride of sin is the humility of Jesus. God's answer to the rebellion of human hearts was the obedience of Jesus. This was the most influential power that this world has ever seen. It's God's response to pride of sin and the rebellion of sinful hearts. The humility and obedience of Jesus. And this act of humility and obedience, Jesus becoming a servant, was so powerful that it changed the world. Think about it. Throughout history, there's never been an historical figure like Jesus that has had such a big and lasting influence on the world. There's no one else that we can name. Not only did he have an influence on this world, but he had an influence beyond this world. This act of serving and giving his life went and it changed eternity. This act of influence was so powerful that it changed death. Up until this point, death was something to be feared. There was an uncertainty that came with death. But Jesus, through his serving, changed the power of death. And now death is just a doorway into another world in the presence of God. Something that we don't have to face and fear. Powerful force, serving, and humility. So powerful that it changed the purpose and meaning of life. So powerful that it changed people. And God is still changing people today. Jesus is not done. His spirit is continuing. His spirit is still changing people today. His spirit is still changing lives, changing circumstances, and changing outcomes. And as we serve and we obey Him, He uses our lives to influence this world. 
We don't have the ability to influence. And our own strength will deviate to a worldly way of leading. Our influence will be about us. It will be to be recognized. It will be to uh, get recognition. It will get, be to, to see people look up at us, to find some significance in our influencing. But if we position our lives in such a way through being obedient and doing the will of God, He will use us to influence. He's the one that's influencing. The question is, will we position ourselves in such a way that He can use you? Sitting here tonight as a follower of Jesus, do you know that God wants to use your life? Do you know that you know that you know in the deepest part of your soul that there's a purpose and significance behind your life? God has called you. You are placed in certain areas and certain relationships, certain circumstances that no one else is there. You are God's chosen instrument to carry His name into the world. Will you position yourself as a servant? Will you choose to be obedient so that He can use your life to change the world? Change people, change circumstances, change outcomes. That's what it means to be a leader in the kingdom of God. You represent, you bring something of Jesus into every moment. You serve Him and you obey Him. If you think about that air bubble. Our, bar, our lives are like that bubble. You might be sitting here and you think, my life is so insignificant in the bigger picture. What I'm doing is so insignificant. That thing that God is asking me, that way that I should serve is so insignificant. And you're probably right. It is. But if we create room for God by being obedient, by being a servant, by acting like a servant, if we create room for God, He is the air inside that bubble. And nothing can stop the air of God moving and spreading throughout this world. No amount of pressure, no force, no, no plan can stop God from changing and influencing the world. The question is, will you create the space for Him? Because God's going to do it. And He wants to use you. Will you position yourself as a servant and a bond servant of God saying, God, how do you want me to act? How can I obey? How can I represent you? If you allow him to, the air of God, the spirit of God will flow through your life and he will use your life in significant ways that you cannot imagine and he will change people around you. He will change circumstances around you. And ultimately, you will absolutely turn your life upside down and change you. Whoever wants to be great must be willing to become a servant and a slave. So to conclude tonight, when we say we value leadership, 
we don't value position, authority, and power. When we say we value leadership, we say we value God and what He has done so much that we're willing to become servants and bond servants of His kingdom. We're willing to become less so that He can become more. We're willing to give our lives to Him. We're willing to live in obedience towards Him so that He may use us to influence. And we help others do the same. We raise leaders. We raise leaders that servants. We come alongside Alchat. We come alongside Neti and Moritz, and, and we help them become servants of the King. And as we do this, He will influence the world. That's what it means to value leadership: is to become a servant and help others serve with Him. See, when we choose to live in obedience to Him, seeking His will and acting out His will. He will use our lives to influence people, circumstances, and outcomes. When Jesus taught the disciples to pray, He said, May your kingdom come and your will be done. That's a prayer of a leader. Not my will, Lord. May your kingdom come. May your will be done. May you use me to establish your kingdom there where you've called me to. Let's pray. Before we pray, I want you to prayerfully reflect. If you think of your life, Are you currently living as an influencer or as a follower that influence? Just the way that you approach life, just the way that you, is it all about you? Or are you following Jesus in such a way that you're positioning yourself that he can influence through you? And as you're thinking on this, don't you want to ask God, God, where, where have you called me to? Where's the areas where you've positioned me to influence? Maybe it's in your workplace, maybe it's your family, it's friendship, maybe it's in a class. Where's God positioned you now? And if you know that area where God is calling you to, you need to ask yourself, am I seeing change in that area? Because God wants to bring forth change. So if we're not seeing change, there's another question that we need to ask ourselves. God, how are you calling me to serve in that area? What are you calling me to do? God, what are you calling and asking me? give up what are some of the rights some of the freedoms that I need to give up in order that you may use my life to influence
So, Father God, as we seek you in this moment, I pray that you would, by your Spirit, come and reveal to each one of us where's the areas that you've called us to lead. Lord, I pray that you would, by your Spirit, come and reveal to us what are some of the things that we're holding on to that keeps us from leading. What's some of the things that we're holding on to that keeps us from representing you and, and obeying you in those areas. Lord, I pray that you would come and show us what are the things that you're asking us to do. How are we to serve you so that you will be glorified? And Lord, as you do this, we come to you, Lord, and we recognize that from our own strength, we cannot do this, Lord. We need you to come and do something in our hearts and our souls. And, and therefore, Lord, we ask, would you give us a confidence and boldness to let go of the things that you're calling us to let go of? May you give us a, the ability to let go of our reputation, Lord, to let go of fear, to let go of comfort. May you help us, Lord, to let go of everything that keeps us from experiencing you using us for your kingdom. But may you also rise up in our hearts a faith to obey you, a faith to serve, in the way that you've called us to. And Lord, as we do this, may we not do it unto our own name and for our own recognition, Lord, but so that you may be glorified through our lives. That you would come and use our lives to minister to people, to minister into circumstances, Lord, and you would bring change and influence to the environments to which you've called us to. Lord, as James and John came to you, Lord, we come to you tonight and we say, Lord, would you use us for your kingdom? Would you come and establish your kingdom through us? Lord, would you break any lies that's been spoken over people tonight that says they are not leaders, they are not called to influence? Just break it in your name, Lord Jesus. And may your truth come and massage our thoughts, minister to our thoughts. So I want us to ask tonight. I want to commission us tonight. If you know God is calling you to step up in leadership, if God is calling you to, to act as a servant in a certain environment, then you know that God wants to use you to bring influence in some relationships and some people and some circumstances. If you know that God is calling you to lead, to lead through service, I want you to prophetically stand to your feet. Just say, God, it's a step of faith. I'm standing to my feet, Lord. I'm willing to let go. I'm willing to step out in faith, Lord. Would you use my life? And Lord, as we're standing up tonight, Lord, I pray that you would come and by your spirit raise up men and women of faith and courage. Lord, as we're prophetically standing tonight, Lord, I would pray that you would do something in the Spirit that would give us strength to stand 
in the midst of pressure and circumstances and things that's calling for our attentions, Lord. May you help us stand in such a way that we'll create room for you to come and minister through our lives. May you give us an inner strength to obey you, Lord, and serve you in whatever way you're calling us to. And Lord, I pray for every person. May they experience your grace in following you. And Lord, may you give them opportunities. May you open up doors to use them to minister into circumstances, Lord. And as they step out in faith, may they see the fruit that you've already predestined on their lives. May they see you minister and move through them, Lord. And ultimately, Lord, may we see people's lives being changed through the step of faith that's being taken tonight. And standing up, Lord, we acknowledge you. It's not about us. It's not our kingdom, Lord. It's not our name that we're building. It's you and you alone, Lord Jesus. May you come and use us for your kingdom, for your glory. May your kingdom come and your will be done. And all of us say, amen, amen.